this bolt of lightning shot across the universe and inspired me with the idea that we have to do a podcast. And that's what I wanted to tell you. We should do a podcast. Okay, bye. Seems like a good idea. I hit record. Good, we got the discussion. All right, good. Murder out of the way before. Welcome, welcome to Feature Creep: Colon (laughs) built-in microwave semicolon. A true story. A true story. A true story. Ned has been so excited to tell me and Lauren about for so long, and because of just Mm -hmm. dumb reasons, I don't know. We never got to it until right now. Now is a good day for this. I I actually think there might be some systemic reasons why it hasn't happened. Ned being a white man, his voice is just a lot of society silences him. And I think, right. I think Meg and this I have is just true. been, yeah. we've yeah. been drowning you out. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Effectively repressing my voice in this podcast. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yes. My ability to express myself on the internet has been severely diminished since I met the two of you. <laughs> well, we, we would like to curtailed your freedoms. Yes. Yeah. We'd like to give you a safe space where you can. Thank you. Uh, uh, it's about fucking time. Share your your thoughts. Right. Yeah. For the you heard it here for the first time today, a white man is gonna a middle aged white man is gonna say something on the internet. Right. In tech, a middle aged white yeah. man. It's in tech. it's worse. So. It's, <laughs> you live in California. We know. Yeah. No. No. It's even much more worse than that. <laughs> A middle-aged white man is going to recount a story that, by all accounts, is told by a middle-aged white man. Great. What, 2,000 years ago? Or No, sorry. What did we decide on? We Um, decided it was like 2,150 years ago, roughly. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. More than 2,000 years ago. So this is going to be like a white man inception sort of situation. A white man's story inside of a white man's story. Right. Inside of a, a white, white people's podcast. White people's podcast. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Right. So all you uh, feminists buckle the fuck up because here we go. Um, <laughs> Where uh, are we going? I, I have a true story, bro. A true We're going story. to like ancient Greece. We're going right? to ancient Greece. Yeah. So like King Dicklandia. <laughs> <laughs> King Dickland. Pretty much. (laughs) Pretty much. (laughs) Let's build Um, giant stone sculptures. But before you change that dial or whatever the fuck, before you just like lose your shit and you're like, fuck this, let me explain. You may, this may appeal to you because uh, this is the story that was written by a man, Lucian of Somosada. Um, And it is a scathing review of the authors of the time of the of the authors of the uh, the the tenants of of uh, what do you call it Dicklandia? <laughs> the tenants of Dicklandia. Yeah, mm-hmm. just okay. it, it's just like in a, like a scathing, absurd story that just pokes so much sarcastic fun at the way that people were writing at the time. Um, the thought leaders of Dicklandia. Yes. Yes. So, and if that doesn't appeal to you, then also it may be one of the very first science fiction stories ever written. Um, or at least we can say it's the first recorded. Yeah, it's one the, of the first recorded it's science the, fiction stories. Right. Uh, uh, yes. Yeah, it's one of the first recorded science fiction stories that we have in modern times a record of. Um, right. 
and so uh so <laughs> just a little background so lucian of somasada uh he let's see how we can sum him up so um he was a writer known for his satire he was born in what is now eastern turkey in somasada about 120 ce uh current era so ad for people who grew up with that nomenclature um somasada was located in the ancient roman province of syria uh, not to be confused with the modern country the mm. site was recently uh inundated by the the atuturic dam yes um so it's a yeah. <clears throat> side not that could be its own episode too the like controversies over that structure yeah oh also this is in uh, modern times yes I'm I'm reading directly from or quoting directly from um, sacred-texts.com, uh, which has gotcha. an article about Lucian of Somosada. Uh, this uh, so the site was recently inundated uh, by the Ataturk Dam. Uh, Lucian was trained as a ret a rhetorician rhetorician rhetorician, somewhat like a trial attorney. Um, however, he made a living as an itinerant lecturer. Lucian traveled widely as far as Greece, Italy, and Gaul. He died in Athens about 180 CE. Over 80 works written in Greek are attributed to him, some probably spuriously. So, you know, some of them questionably not his, but, uh, you know, as a uh, well-to-do white, you know, as a well-to-do white lawyer man, um, I'm sure he could take credit for whatever the fuck he felt like. <laughs> Um, As a well-to-do itinerant lecturer, yes, yeah. which yes. also just man, you want that on a business card, right? I'm an I'm an itinerant lecturer, <laughs> yes. right? That's what you can do with that fancy degree, Meg, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. So his best-known work is the one that we're about to talk about, called "A True Story." Um, so, "A True Story." Uh, so the one that I'm working from is a translation from 1913 by an A.M. Harmon. Don't know okay. who that is, okay. but um, and so let's have a little look. So, um, let's see, just reading through. Okay, so the thing about this story that is kind of hilarious is that it, it like, it's so fantastical. It's kind of this space opera of like traveling to the moon <laughs> and then the sun. <laughs> And um, and like participating in these great space battles, um, there's uh, there's a moment where the hero, the traveler, is consumed by a two hundred mile long whale, um, where they encounter these variety of fish people who they <laughs> also <laughs> wage war against and fight. Great. Excellent um, warfare. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they kill the whale by starting a bonfire um inside the whale inside the whale yep ah, Nailed classic. It. Yep. right yeah. Work for pinocchio why not right yeah. why not just take that right did, from pinocchio this is so terrible for the whale all but also did like smoke come out of its blowhole uh so i don't remember so i did read all of this do we need to give a spoiler bit. alert for this story um <laughs> That's a fair yes. I let What is the timeline on spoiler <laughs> warning? Yeah. Two thousand year old work. Heads up. Spoilers yeah, ahead. Yeah, heads up, ahead. spoilers ahead. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I think I, I wanna just go back a little bit and kind of talk about how I th 
I think <laughs> my understanding, um, what I've read about about this literature that he wrote is that he wrote this in response to like the popular texts of the time where these people would write these like travel accounts and they would be sort of fantastical. And mm -hmm. so like yeah. I'm familiar with like Ibn Battuta. Yeah. And so he's like, Oh fuck that. Hold my beer. Here's a true story <laughs> for you. Um, oh my God. And, and so he, he starts out, um, Hold on, let me find the. Is he like, you know what you sound like? You know what you sound like? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I, I could mean, remember yeah. the ancient uh, Greece, uh, the gr ancient Grecian like spiced wine. So I could be like, here, hold my whatever is it? Some sauce. Oh, yeah. Whatever. I don't know what it um, actually is. They had a special like what name they used for to it. drink at Bacchanals. Yeah, yeah. Vic Victuum? Whatever. Sorry, Victor. I didn't mean to get yeah, us off track. <laughs> well, no, no, please. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm. Now we gotta look it up. Now we're. Now we gotta look it up. <laughs> so, um, I'm gonna read the first sort of part, the first text of this, just to give you a flip, like the first uh, paragraph. Yes. Um, okay. Oh, good. Yeah. When you're ready, I. I don't mean to. Okay. So this is this is true story. Is yeah. So. Yep. Yep. So yep. Lucian writes. Um, Men interested in athletics and in the care of their bodies think not only of condition and exercise, but also of relaxation and season. In fact, they consider this the principal part of training. In like manner, students, I think, after much reading of serious works, may profitably relax their minds and put them in a better trim for future labor. It would be appropriate... Uh, recreation for them if they were to take up the sort of reading that instead of affording just pure amusement based on wit and humor also boasts a little food for thought that the muses would not altogether spurn and I think they will consider the present work something of the kind they will find it enticing not only for the novelty of its subject for the humor of its plan and because I tell all kinds of lies in a plausible and specious way, but also because <laughs> everything in my story is more or less comical parody of one or another of the poets, historians, and philosophers of old who have written much that smacks of miracles and fables. <laughs> wow. It goes on. I yes. would, I he would, continues. Yeah. I would cite them by name were it not that you yourself will recognize them for your reading. One of them is uh, Stesius, son of uh, Stesosius of Sinatus. I'm not mm. sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly. I think, Meg, I'm going to send you this link. So you, you're you more familiar with Greek text than I am. Or uh, Meg, you and Lauren um, can both look at I it. I don't know that okay. I'm more familiar with Greek text than you are. But um, but I don't mean to I, I don't mean to exclude you in being able to look uh, at this yes. text. So... Um, Anyway, uh, uh, so um, he said he does. He says I, I would name them. I would cite them by name, but I'm not going to. And then he goes on to cite one of them by name. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. And then uh, so he says uh, one of them is Stasius. C uh, yeah, t uh, I don't think you pronounce the C. I okay. think it's just Tasius. Tasius. Okay. Uh, Son of Tasiochus of Nidos. That sounds maybe. Right. Yeah, I think. Okay. Um, so Tasius wrote. He's saying Tasius wrote a great deal about India and its characteristics that he had never seen himself nor heard from anyone else with a reputation for truthfulness. 
Um, <laughs> and then he goes on to name a few more, more people. Um, uh, he says, so uh, he basically says um, some other people wrote much that was strange about the countries in the Great Sea. He made up a falsehood that is patent, uh, patent to everybody, but wrote a story that is not uninteresting for all that. Many others with the same intent have written about imaginary travels and journeys of theirs, telling of huge beasts, cruel men, and strange ways of living. Their guide and instructor in this sort of uh, charlatanry mm-hmm. is Homer's uh, Odyssey. Or <laughs> I love that. <laughs> um, guide for charlatanry. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, so then he kind of concludes this whole section of like basically pointing out these, uh, these obvious lies. Um, <laughs> he says, well, on reading all these authors, I did not find much fault with them for their lying, as I saw that this was already a common practice even among men who profess philosophy. <laughs> Meg, do you often find fault with lying of philosophers? <laughs> I find that a lot of their ideas are really overvalued, and the reason for that is people over time have fallen susceptible to the oldest trick in the book, which is white dudes complicate over complicating things to make you think you're not smart enough to understand what they're saying. when <laughs> what they're saying doesn't actually make any sense. I was going to say over complicating things and then speaking their opinion with overconfidence. Overconfidence. Yeah. Right. And the you're like, I'm combination sorry, of overcomplication what you're saying and doesn't, doesn't actually hold up to scrutiny or make right. sense. Oh, that's just because you don't understand Stand. it. <laughs> right. You right. probably can't see this lovely new suit I'm wearing. I- Right. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I think um, I think that the long history of philosophy, as great as it is, is highly suspect because it omits the vast majority of people and their viewpoints. And so Mm -hmm. um, it's kind of like this boys club of old white guys who want to convince you western philosophy western philosophy yes, like continental yeah. western philosophy yep. um they want to just like convince you that they're the smartest guys in the room and the only reason they get away with that is because they don't let anybody in, yeah, the room. in the room right i do feel like there's also an important piece of universalizing your own experience mm, yes yeah yeah because i think this everyone must or should because i experience right this, that, that you can have evidence that is nothing more than I feel or think this way and that right. is considered somehow empirical. Yes. <laughs> right. I think it's also important to like like uh philosophy doesn't actually give you any answers about things so it's not like anybody's like i think a lot of people who, who write it are like trying to say in some way like this is the way it is and but what it does is it all because mean? i say so That's right. a good point. But what does it all mean <laughs> yeah so i whatever i you know it's not hard to be the smartest person in the room when you don't let anybody else in right right yeah i if we ever had merchandise i feel like that's what it should say <laughs> i when when we do when we do when that we do go, that's yeah. gonna go on it's our not hard to be the smartest people in the room i'm gonna don't let anyone else right. in uh so tell me more about the, the story so, so he goes on. I, i'm loving this, this this bears this bears more reading because um mostly he's talking about setting up the whole story and so he says uh so but i like the trash talking that that's part of yeah like like the good work of satire is also like laying the context it's it actually makes it i think easier to follow it's yeah it's it's very wonderful and in many ways i'm surprised that this isn't more like this feels like such a stronger more accessible greek text than so many 
of the mm-hmm. ones that you end up reading. Um, Say the Odyssey, the classics, yes, the classics. <laughs> work of charlatanery. Because almost immediately you're like, oh, here's this person who's already contextualized everything that's going on yeah. around him. Yeah. Like yeah. these people are writing this bullshit, and this is what I think about it. And here's like I can already imagine like if like because these other stories are presented to you as this great tale, right? And and this already makes me think that it's like oh. Like my picture of Greek life was everybody's wandering around thinking that like these gods in the sky have this like epic tale going on between them. Mm-hmm, and right. now I'm like, I don't know about that. Mm, right. Yeah. <laughs> I least, don't know about that. Maybe least, they weren't all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. <laughs> and I and already I'm like, well, at least there's one person that I can read an account of who's like, well, that's all bullshit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But here's a fun story anyway. Um, so, right. <laughs> so, <he's>, right. Yeah. <laughs> so these are like the great ambassadors of culture happen to be like a real niche market full of weirdos. <laughs> you know? Like everything you think about how we used to live is wrong. Right. right. These people have a motive <laughs> yeah. and an agenda. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, uh, so he says, so after he says, well, as much as they're lying, I couldn't find fault with it necessarily because it was a common practice among men who even profess or even professors of philosophy. So right. uh, he says, I did wonder, though, that they thought that they could get that they could write untruths and not get caught at it. Therefore, <laughs> as I myself, thanks to my vanity, was eager to hand something down to prosperity that I might not be the only one excluded from the privileges of poetic license. And as I had nothing true to tell, not having had any adventures of significance, I took to lying. <laughs> I love this guy. Yes. I have heard of Lucian before. I mean, I guess I'm assuming it's the same one, this but is so this delightful. is great. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I took to lying. Yeah, it's just so fantastic. Um, oh, this is great. And I, this does not disappoint. You were right. Yeah, this is yeah. really good. Yeah, I really, I just, I after reading this, I was like, oh, you guys, like, you need to, like, I need to share this with you. And one of the reasons, Lauren, I was waiting for you is because I felt like you would also appreciate this, even though we, you know, you listen to podcasts that you're not always on, but it's not the same. <laughs> I, I wanted to hear your take on it, so that's why I've been My holding on to this. Is yes. here to, yeah. to serve. Yeah, thank you. Um, so. <laughs> so he says uh he says uh after he says you know i want to i i don't want to be excluded from the privileges of poetic license so i'm going to take the lying then he goes on to say but my lying is far more honest than theirs for though i tell the truth in nothing else i shall at least be truthful in saying that i am a liar i think i can escape the censure of the world by my own admission that i'm not telling a word <laughs> of truth yeah buddy <laughs> yeah be it understood, then, that I am writing about things that I have neither seen nor had to do with, nor learned from others, which in fact do not exist at all, and <laughs> in the nature of things cannot exist. Therefore, my readers <laughs> should on no account believe in them. <laughs> Under no uncertain circumstances, don't believe a word that I'm about to tell you. Right. Oh. And, and then he just launches into the story. And how does it start? I did see these words on the screen. It says, once upon a time. Oh, Oh, beautiful. Oh, yes. Beautiful. It's so great. So once upon a time, and we'll read the the, actual start. 
Um, Once upon a time, setting out from the Pillars of Hercules and heading for the Western Ocean with a fair wind, I went a-voyaging. The motive and purpose of my journey lay in my intellectual activity and desire for adventure, and in my wish to find out what the end of the ocean was and who the people were that lived on the other side. On this account, I put aboard a good store of provisions, stowed water enough, enlisted in the venture 50 of my acquaintances who were like-minded with myself, got together also a great quantity of arms, shipped the best sailing master to be had at the big inducement, and put my boat, she was a pinnace, in trim for a long and difficult voyage. Well, (laughs) for a day and a night we sailed before the wind without making very much offing, as land was still dimly in sight, But a sunrise on the second day, the wind freshened, the sea rose, the darkness came on, and before we knew it, we could no longer even get our canvas in. So that's like, that's the start of the story. Um, Yeah. And so it's a good start. It's a good start. It's a good start. And it's actually very interesting. And so, as much as we're going to spoil things, we're also, I think it's. If you're interested, it's free. You can go, um, if you just Google a true story, Lucian of Samada, um, there's several sites that offer the text, but the one we're reading from right now is sacred text or sacred-texts.com. So after a while, uh, I'm not going to like tell the whole story because it's it's quite, it's not super long. Like it's not like novel length, like today's novels, but um, yeah, but it does get, it does get long. So um, eventually, uh, after some going to an island, I believe, and I may, I may get these like sort of main facts sort of turned around like the main So you should events. make sure to go read it yourself so that you can <clears throat> come back and tell Ned what yes. you got wrong. <laughs> yes, absolutely. For that unique joy yes. of correcting somebody's retelling of a lie. That would be fantastic. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> So you can email us. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. That's so right. <laughs> if you've gotten this far, thank you so much for listening. Uh, if this is your first podcast. Welcome. Uh, or your first of our podcasts. Welcome. Also, uh, we do want to hear from you and you can email Dana, our, uh, our CEO and founder. Um, and her email is D A N A at FCBM.io. And we would, we would like to hear from you. We hear from people from time to time and it's fantastic. So, um, I think it helps that uh, if you email hate mail, I think Dana just throws it away. I don't know. I don't know. We'll find out. You should write some hate mail. Let's see what happens. <laughs> right, so let's see what happens. <laughs> see where it goes. I hate these fuckers. Like, you should get off the internet. <laughs> <laughs> don't you know the internet's only for respectable white men? Right. Right. <laughs> right. Oh, so good. Um, so, uh, so they can't sh- bring their canvas in because they got some wind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they're like, "Well, the wind's blowing so hard, the ship's moving real fast, and we can't even get the sails out down." So, um, so they make some make some headroom. Uh, they, I think, they end up going to an island, which is you know fantastical and interesting. But it gets more interesting than that. So, um, at some point, uh, I'm just looking to see if I can find the. Um, Let's see. Here we go. Yep. I wish I could read Greek. Yes. Yeah, because it would be nice to see how how close the translation is. 
Yeah. Or also <clears throat> just to hear it. That's like, one. Yeah. That's one of my big regrets in life is that I don't like <laughs> speak more languages fluently so that I can actually not need to have somebody else's interpretation telling me what to think about what they're saying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That every time I have to read subtitles, like because in the in the few instances where I can actually understand what's going on without the subtitles, I notice all of the time. I'm like, I would not have translated that that way. Right. Sure. Yep. I think your interpretation of this is off. And so I'm thinking like if it happens that frequently in the my in the minuscule number of languages that I can speak where I notice it, right. then it's probably happening constantly. Like I wonder who are these people who do the subtitles? I mean, just to be slightly contrarian, I feel like though that happens even in the languages that we do speak. Well, like, for sure. I mean, yeah. you know, people just recently I, I had a conversation with a dear, dear friend of mine. And but like, I'm still to this day not really sure that we each actually understood what the other person was saying. Oh, you know, yes. and like there's this lingering doubt of like, were we actually hearing what, you know, mm-hmm. each other was saying? So I don't know. I think that, yes, that th- humans th- have a tendency to uh, to th- read into things differently. Yeah. I think there's in a, the same text. I, I like I speculate or I have this like sort of like hypothesis that there's sort of there's advantages and disadvantages. So like when you speak a language really well with and you're talking to someone else who speaks the language really well and you have similar understandings of words, you can communicate ideas, like complex ideas more quickly with less words. And, sure. Um, you can we also, all love efficiency. Yeah, and you can also like enjoy these like really abstract like thought places. But mm-hmm. I think that when you try to communicate with somebody who has, where you're, neither of you speak the same language very well, it reduces things down to a very like fundamental level and it's a different kind of there is value in that in like in the struggle to communicate like more basic needs and you start to like get less lost in the absurd abstractions of things and you're you're less talking about the nuances of like capitalism and you're more just like am i going to be able to feed myself today right okay <laughs> sure and and i think that there's there i I don't know. I just think that's interesting. I don't even really have a hypothesis about what that means. I just think that's an interesting kind of contrast between those two states. I think it's an important skill that if you think or in any way work within complex ideas, that you can explain them to sort of an intelligent 10-year-old. Yes. Yeah. Like if you can't reduce your complex thing to... Even if it simplifies it, you're right. You yeah. leave out some some nuanced gradation, granularity, whatever. But if you can't still mostly make the the core of it understandable to yes. I mean you could pick whatever, but I sort of think Right. Yes. Right. Yeah. Um I think you're right though, Meg, that would you would I agree that I feel like I would have a richer experience yes, with yeah. almost any media in a different language if I could understand mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Yeah. So did you find the part you were looking for, Ned? Yeah. Um so <laughs> after, we need to fill some more space. With a tangent. I have other tangents. We are tangents, we got them. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'll I'll pepper in some more of the story and then tangent away. Um Okay. So uh so at some point um they had spend spent some time in in the ocean on terra firma and um so after they had made this encampment on this beach, 
they uh, they left the island that they'd found. Um, and there's a whole story around that island that I'm skipping over. But they went to this island. They did this thing. Um, uh-huh. But then he goes on to say, about noon, when the island was no longer in sight, a whirlwind suddenly arose, spun the boat uh, the boat about, raised her oh in my. Ra- exactly raised her into the air about three hundred furlongs and did not let her down into the sea again. But while she was hung up aloft, a wind struck her sails and drove her drove her ahead with bellying canvas for seven Ned, days. Uh, yes, oh, I was no. gonna say, how long is a furlong? I'm looking it up. Oh, okay. <clears throat> eighth of a mile. Yeah. Okay. So like a measure of length equal to eighth of a mile, 40 rods, poles, or perches, 220 yards, or 201.17 meters. Okay. So like like two football fields or like two city blocks. Sure. Okay. So Thank you. 300 furlongs is probably a very long distance, like if you're thinking about sure. like, yeah. Um and did not Sorry. let her down into the sea again. But no, that's great. That's a good question. Yeah. Um, but while she was hung up aloft, a wind struck her sails and drove her ahead with bellying canvas. For seven days and seven nights, we sailed the air. And on the eighth day, we saw a great country in it, resembling an island, bright and round and shining with a great light. Running in there and anchoring, we went ashore and on, on investigation found that the land was inhabited and cultivated. By day, nothing was in sight from the place, but as night came on, we began to see many other islands hard. Oh, yeah, many other islands hard by, some larger, some smaller, and they were like fire in color. We Hmm. also saw another country below with cities in it and rivers and seas, forests, and mountains. This we inferred to be our own world. We determined... Uh, okay. Yeah. So we determined to go still further inland, but we met what they called the vulture dragoons and were, oh. arre- and were arrested. Oh. oh, they were arrested. There are men. Dun, oh, dun, so, dun, 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 we need the law and order. Dun, dun. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we, one of these days we should set up a soundboard for the episode, like one of these episodes <laughs> so you can hit some things. Yeah. Um, we should think on, on what, how that'd be appropriate. Oh my God. Like. I want to have like weird, like morning talk show, yeah. like, <laughs> weird cartoon. Like this is the sound of somebody getting bonked in the head, you know, right. like, yeah. or whatever. <laughs> I feel like the next step of that is we turn that over to our research department. Once they finally get rescued from the Andean yes. mountains yes. and have some time to recover. Cause I think they're in a rough shape. Uh, <laughs> but we send them our thoughts and prayers. And so <laughs> I think we should then give them these sound effects. And then, the next level is we have a board where you push the button and rather than the sound effect, you just get its color. Nice. Because <laughs> our <Ooh>. listeners. <laughs> that just, yes, yeah. I'd love this. This is fantastic. Okay. I like this idea. <laughs> yes. The absurdity levels in that are fantastic. Mm-hmm, yeah. And then we yeah, can just yeah. describe it. You're not seeing this right now, but imagine the sound <laughs> exactly. of a cartoon brick hitting someone's <laughs> side of their head and yeah. then envision this color. <laughs> <Perfect>. <laughs> So uh, so the story, or uh, Lucian goes on to describe the vulture dragoons. These are men riding on large vultures and using the birds for horses. The vultures mm-hmm. are large and for the most part have three heads. For the most part. Ah, for the uh, most part. Yeah. yeah. You can judge of their size from the fact that the mast of a large merchant man is not long enough. So, sorry, is not so long and so thick as the smallest of their quills they have. So they're like, their quills are these massive 
logs. Like they're just massive birds, right? That's mm-hmm. the, gotcha. I think the picture that they're um, set, setting here. So the biggest bird you've ever seen, but bigger, but bigger. Right. So, so at this point, you guys, you guys, uh, Lucian, who is the main character, right? Because he says, "This is me, and this is the tr- the story that I've. D- this is what I've done. These are my travels." Hundred percent true story. Says so right in the title. Um, and, Got it. And they've gone to the moon. Yes. And they've been arrested. Wait, we oh they're on the moon. Oh, I thought this was just a well, land in the air. Yeah. So, um, the way he describes it, I think it's fair to assume that he's gone to the moon. So, what he's saying, ah, I did not get that. So, I appreciate that. Uh, no that problem. Yeah. So, what uh, manslation? <laughs> let me let me mansplain this to you. So, um, I, I do also like. I kind of have to assume that the uh, who was the translator. Um, uh, didn't you say it was A.M. Harmon? Harmon. A.M. Harmon. I I don't know for sure, but I suspect that also a white man, like well-to-do in 1913, translating Greek texts, probably not too concerned about like putting bread on the, you know, food on the table, right? Um, yeah, possibly. I'm looking him up. Hang on. Okay. I'll tell you. Keep going. All right. Anyway, so I'm just, there's a potential layer of like white men, white men, white men all the way down, right? It's... it's you're not fooling me. It's turtles all the way down. Um, okay, so uh, yeah, let me find the. Uh, where did I go? Okay, um, lots of text, wall of text. Uh, yeah, so what? Uh, like, he doesn't say moon specifically, but he says by day nothing was in sight from the place. So they on the eighth day they saw a great country resembling mm-hmm. an island bright and round and shining with uh, a great light okay and it's way up in the sky and then he says running in there and anchoring we went ashore and on investigating found that the land was inhabited and cultivated by day nothing was in sight from the place oh that does uh, sound very moony okay yep. Uh, and then, but then he says at night all the other things were shining with a great fire. So, yeah, so does that imply? What, let's read that sentence again, and I think it'll parse a little differently. Um, but at night came. Uh, sorry, but as night came on, we began to see many other islands hard by, some larger, some smaller, and they were like fire in color, so stars. Mm-hmm. Um, gotcha. We also saw another country below with cities in it and rivers and seas and forests and mountains. This we inferred to be our own world. So now he's kind of saying we've gone to this other world that's up in the sky that's this bright, shiny thing. And next to it, there were many other islands very close by. Yeah. Um, So maybe maybe he doesn't mean the moon. That's fair. No, that's not. Yeah. Um, I think that fits. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, Especially, yeah. So... um, (laughs) After getting arrested, uh, some things happen, or he kind of goes on, and I'm, I'm going to kind of paraphrase here. Um, he says that uh, they... Um, he basically was brought before... Uh, let's see. Uh, so after they were arrested, they were brought before the king... Um, and the king basically says to them, like, uh, he says, uh, he says, yeah, cool. Hey, nice to meet you. 
uh, my name is Endymion. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. And uh, oh no 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 His, no sorry. <laughs> this is hard to follow. Yeah. Uh, okay. So he meets the king, and yeah. uh, well, how did he? Get... Uh, Wait, so they, well, they, they they he basically says how'd you get here and he, and they tell him about their travels in the air um, yeah uh yeah so his name is Endymion so the king says this is who I am I my name is Endymion um and and uh <laughs> sorry it's so much like. I probably should have written like more crib notes before we started this. But, um, <laughs> let me just don't worry. We'll just leave this so part on the editing. I, I was trying yeah. to look up while you're while you're looking at that. Yeah. I was trying to look up who this translator is, and he pops up all over the place. But I can't find any information about him directly. <clears throat> Not just in the cursory researches that I've done. But we did run across this other story. Yes. Um, that says Lucian's true story, a seminal work of Meninist literature. <laughs> Meninist, yeah. yeah. So that comes into this for sure. Um, oh, okay. I, that's where we're we're gonna definitely get to that. Um, okay. Yeah. So so he goes on, like I said, feminists buckle up. <laughs> All right, you did you deep, did deep give dive. a warning. Um, I I mean I think compared to the ideas that are like passed around today, this is like pretty pretty ridiculous well because it's not the right word anyway well you'll judge for yourselves yeah. um so the king basically is like hey uh cool nice to meet you i guess you're fine hang out with us um and then he goes okay well we're at war with the sun and nights and um so he says he says okay uh so Lucian, like Lucian meets the, so, okay. So Lucian meets, meets Endymion, yes. the king of the moon. And, yes. and the king of the moon, uh, and Lucian's like, oh, who are you at war with? Or who is the enemy? And uh, Endymion goes, um, uh, Phaethon, the king of, of the inhabitants of the sun, for it is inhabited, you know, as well as the moon has been at war with us for a long time now. It began in this way. Once upon a time, I gathered together the poorest people in my kingdom and undertook a plan, uh, undertook to plant a colony on the Morning Star, which has been empty and uninhabited. Uh, Phaethon, out of jealousy, thwarted the colonization, meeting us halfway at the head of his ant dragoons. So vulture dragoons and ant dragoons. Ant dragoons, Mm -hmm. got it. Yep, Yep. Mm -hmm. check. Ants, riding on ants. Okay. At the time we were beaten, for we were not matched for them in strength, and we retreated. Now, however, I desire to make war again and plant the colony. If you wish, then, you may take part with me in the ex- expedition, and I will give each of you one of my royal vultures and a complete outfit. We shall take the field tomorrow. <laughs> Great. Wow. And Lucian's like, very well, since sure. you think it best... Let's do this thing. Um, okay. So, which is interesting because I believe in maybe not. I, I thought in many ancient uh, militaries, 
you had to provide your own uniform and your own horse and so this is like well perhaps know, yeah like, really quite fantastical yeah yeah <laughs> i imagine that's exactly like why it's included in that way it's like oh here i will even provide you right with you know royalty levels of protection right. and, yeah. and mount um <clears throat> so uh so he goes on to describe like a little bit about like getting on the birds and things um and then uh and then he kind of describes the uh, the various different kinds of infantry and sort of troops of war. Like there's, um, he talks about 5,000 crane dragoons. Um, <laughs> now there's cranes. Cranes and yeah. ants and vultures. Vultures, yep. okay. So uh, we've got two flying bird species and a, in an, an, an insect could be a flying. Oh. Could be a flying ant. Yeah. It could be a flying ant. Okay. Yet. Well, since you brought it up, we're going to read that whole paragraph because there's way okay, more right. than that, and it is fantastic. Oh, okay. Right. So then. he goes. So after he agrees to do this thing to go to war, that night we stopped there as his guests. But at daybreak we arose and took our posts. For the scouts signaled that the enemy was near. The number of our army was hundred thousand. Apart from the porters, the engineers, the infantry, the foreign allies. Of this total, 80,000 were vulture dragoons and 20,000 grass plume riders. The grass plume is also a very large bird, which instead oh, of plumage is all shaggy with grass and has wings very let it, uh, very like lettuce leaves. Naturally. <laughs> yes. Next to these, the millet shooters and the garlic <laughs> fighters were posted. <laughs> <laughs> What are the garlic fighters? I mean, what I feel like he was just kind of like looking around at stuff <laughs> when he was writing yeah, yeah. this. And 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 a garlic fighter. Garlic, and we've got some ants Is over there. Here. A shoe thing. <laughs> oh, oh, so it goes on. Endymion, Endymion also had allies who came from the Great Bear: thirty thousand flea archers and fifty thousand vulpleneurs. From the Great Bear, like B E A R, like yeah. Animal? So I'm assuming, yeah. like I'm the assuming the, the constellation, yeah. Um, the flea <laughs> archers ride on great fleas, of course. Fleas, yes, of course, um, sure. From which they get their name. The fleas are as large as twelve elephants. So okay. Like, yeah. The vulpl the vulpleneurs are infantry to be sure, but they fly in the air without wings. As to the manner of their flight, they pull their long tunics up through their girdles, let the baggy folds fill with wind as if they were sails and are carried along like boats. <laughs> okay. For the most part, they serve as light infantry in battle. It was said, too, that the stars over Cappadocia, Cappadocia, mm -hmm. Cappadocia. Yeah, Cappadocia would send 70,000 sparrow worms. Sparrow worms? No, sparrow corns. 70,000 uh. sparrow corns and 5,000 <laughs> crane dragons. Wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. We, we spoke over you. Please say that again. <laughs> okay. So it was also said, or as it's written, it, it was said too that the stars over Cappadocia would send 70,000 sparrow corns and 5,000 crane dragons. Ah, okay. I did not. What's get a, a sparrow corn? Well, he Lucian says I did not get a look at them as they did not come, so I have not ventured to write <laughs> about their characteristics. <laughs> but the stories about them were wonderful and incredible. <laughs> I love the like the layers of lying and the like the idea uh -huh. that it's like 
I mean, none of this happened, but since it didn't happen, let me tell you about a thing I don't know about and that I don't know about it because I didn't yes. get to see them. Right. But I, I, heard, I don't want to lie. I heard lie. from somebody that, they, <laughs> that I, we heard amazing, wonderful, incredible People stories. People are saying this is impressive yes. journalistic integrity for a lie. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, that's hearsay. Right. Right. I was not, I would not speculate. I would right. not speculate. All I know is they I were speculate. I just won't put it in print. I don't want to mislead somebody <laughs> right. else with my right. speculation. Yeah. This is serious. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so those were the forces of Endymion. Um, so uh, he goes on to say, and this seems important because you guys seem to enjoy these details. Uh, I yes. will read yes. more. They all had the same equipment, helmets of beans. Their beans are large and tough. <laughs> Great, so they make good helmets. Beans. Not yeah. like okay. real beans that don't, don't make, make good helmets. These are special beans <laughs> special that make beans. good helmets. Yes. These yeah. are helmet beans. Right. Yes. Helmet beans. Mm-hmm. Um, so scales, uh, sorry, scale corslets of lupines. They sew together the skins of lupines to make the corslets. And in the country, the skin of the lupine is unbreakable, like horn. Okay. So you know how horn is unbreakable. Horn, so, right. horn wolves. Yeah, so, so is wolf pelts, I guess, or, or skins. Good. Um, all right. So uh, shields and swords of the Greek pattern. So that is familiar, thankfully. Um, uh-huh. You know, Easy. to Lucian. Good. He's like, well, I know Whew. how to use this. Intellectual this break here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, when the time came, they took position thus. <laughs> On the right wing, the vulture <laughs> dragoons and the king with the bravest about him. We were among them. Ah. I mean, I don't want to brag, but we were definitely among the bravest Yes. Um, I mean, if you're going to write a lie, why not Why not put in a Mary Sue, right? <laughs> put in a Mary Sue. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell me more about that idiom? Oh, are you not familiar with Mary Sue's? Uh-uh. Oh, uh, I know about them through the subculture of, of nerdery and geekdom. Yeah. And I believe the, the, the term was used uh, sort of derogatorily. I don't know if it was originally in fan fiction or like kind of in the era before the internet when fans of properties would write books but then actually sometimes get them published and stuff like like all the star wars and the um Mm -hmm. star trek novels and stuff and so mary sue is the term for a character that the author inserts um as a stand-in for themselves and the mary and a mary sue is sort of considered insufferable but also like unexplicably special Gotcha. Mm. Okay. And yes, it is gendered. People have now tried to use it more broadly to mean I, I have heard it used more widely now for any any kind of, you know, stand in character and in fact find it quite delightful. Because mm-hmm. media is full of men that are like inexplicably special. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I like it when people call them Mary Sue's, but yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I got that right. But like a <clears throat> Christopher Columbus was a Mary Sue. Uh yeah. 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 Okay, so um, that that is awesome. I did not know that. I don't. Th- I I must have heard that at some point, but maybe not. I mean, there's maybe a website that. called the Mary Sue that is like. Oh, this has. Is, I'm so excited to learn about this. Things. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you for that. I appreciate that. Um, the f- the flea. Okay, so uh, yeah, the giant fleas. Yeah, the giant fleas. So. Uh, sorry. So he's he's describing the um, the infantry positions or the sort of the the war that's about to be waged with the Sunanites, um, and 
and so he says that um, they took up positions and then uh, they were among the bravest next to the king. And then, and that was on the left wing. On the right wing, the vulture dragoons and the king, uh, sorry, on the, yeah, so on the right wing, the vulture dragoons and the king with the bravest among him, uh-huh. including Lucian in the, and his right, troops. Yep. Right. On the left were the grass plumes. In the center, the allies in whatever formation they liked. The infantry came to yes, haphazard. Right, haphazard. Right, right. Didn't have their shit together. together right. Can't yeah. follow a chain of command. Yeah. Right. So just put them in the middle. Sloppy formation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the, the infantry came to about 60 million and was deployed <laughs> as follows. Oh, oh, we get a rundown. Okay. Yeah. So we haven't even described what the infantry actually are. So spiders in that country Great. are numerous and large, all of them mm. far larger than the Cyclades uh, Islands. They were commissioned by the king to span the air between the moon and the morning star with the web. And so now he's using moon. So now for sure we know. That, okay, yes. Yeah. Where um, do these spiders live? On the they're moon. Not, they're, oh, they're on the moon. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. of the moon. Um, in, the, in the country of the moon. This is a country okay. that they're visiting, which okay. is the moon. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> a large round yeah. glowing Sorry, island. Didn't mean to slow you down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all good. All good. Back to our, our it's just a wealth moon of absurdity. To sun it, it, webs. <laughs> yes. 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 Moon uh, sun web. Sun moon web. Sun moon right. web. Yes. Uh so they are numerous and large. Uh they were the king. So commissioned they were commissioned by the king to span the air between the moon. So they're and the mercenaries. I like yeah. Visigoths or something. <laughs> yeah, the king's like, do this thing for me, and they're like, Great, yeah, we'll do it. Um, and so they do we get to be violent? Yes. Okay. I don't know what he paid them in. I mean, blood helmet beans. <laughs> okay. They're spiders, right? I right. find I find this lie disturbingly lacking in details that I that matter to me. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me more about your economic system. <laughs> Sorry, this very true story, and you had this opportunity to go to the moon, hang out with the king, and you didn't even think to notice how he. How he commissioned the spiders to span to the air with webbing. Avocados. Right. Avocados. Okay. So, yeah. Right? I mean, I think spiders don't work for free. I've never uh, noticed spider who works for free. Work for no. free. Oh. Um, so, <laughs> they spin a web between the moon and the morning star. So, the morning star is the objective, right? Where he wants to put this um, outpost or this uh, start colony. A, yeah, start a colony. So but there's already a ruler there who kicked him out and beat him up last time. Uh, no, <laughs> or was that person that's, from that's, somewhere else? I, I kind of glossed over that, but essentially the Sunanites were like, nah. The Sunanites are not from the sun. They're from the sun. So the, the Sunanites from the sun, the kingdom of the sun was oh, like. Oh, the morning star is like the North Star. Yeah, yeah. And so the kingdom, oh, yeah. Okay. And the sun was like, the sun kingdom was like, no. You can't put a colony there, and they came and like ousted them. Gotcha. But there's no, I, I don't, I can't remember if there's a sun and night colony on the North Star or sorry, okay, on the Morning okay. Star or not. But, morning Star. Yeah. Um. But the Endymion wants to put his put his mark out on that star, so he's trying to get. Thank you for clarifying your crib notes. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, I mean, it is an epic space opera with battles, right? And, and yeah, ridiculous sometimes adventures. the details yep. get lost yeah. for the. For the space. Yeah. So um, so the spiders w- spin their web. Um, and so as soon as they had finished and had made a, pl- made a plane, he deployed his infantry on it. So basically, the spiders made a plane of web, like uh-huh. a flat mm-hmm. surface, for him to deploy his troops onto. 
sure. between the moon, like a battlefield, Very like clever. a battlefield. Yeah, between mm-hmm. the moon and the um, and the morning star. So um, he deployed his infantry on it. Their leaders were Owlet, son of Fairweather, and two others. Okay. Okay. Um, Names unimportant. It's nice that we have them, though. I guess we can look them up. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Can Again, you? the journalistic Wouldn't integrity. Wouldn't it be delightful to find like a huge <laughs> academic argument about the names of the unnamed yes. people and who they might have been? Oh, see, I was immediately going to the fanfic realm. Like, clearly, I'm letting my <laughs> culture show. I'm like, wouldn't it be great to find, is there, to find like a whole fanfic of people shipping all these the different about, leaders? What's the quote about um, like different names for the same thing? Um, like a I don't, know. I don't know. Well, I was just imagining it's like fan fiction or someone writing a serious academic paper about uh, the names the of Greek. Things. Yeah, like same tell me again thing. how those same, are different. Same. Yeah, um, right, right, right. You know, synonymous. Setting, synonymous. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, um, so uh, as to the enemy, so he goes on to describe the troops or the opposing forces. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Okay. So as to the enemy, on the left were the ant dragoons, with whom great. Uh, Faithon, we're familiar with them, right? We're familiar with them, yeah. Uh, with whom was Phaethon. So that's the sun and night, or the sun king. Um, yep. They are very large beasts with wings like the ants that we have, except in size. Gotcha. Oh, look at us! Yep. The Lauren got it. Yep. The largest one has 200 feet. Oh, the largest one was 200 feet long. They okay. themselves fought as well as their riders and made especially good use of their feelers. They were said to number about 50,000. On their right were posted the sky mosquitoes, numbering about 50. Right? (laughs) (laughs) So the sky mosquitoes numbered about 50,000, all archers riding on large mosquitoes. Next to them were the sky dancers, a sort of light infantry, formable, however, like all the rest, for for they slung radishes at long range. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like everything about this is like the Ooh. giant the giant garden beetles yeah, like yeah. throwing like garden you know variety vegetables at each other in yeah. you know in mock battle um yeah, sorry yeah. in in epic space opera style um so this the, is so great it is so great uh numbering about 50,000 the sky mosquitoes with the archers next to them were the sky dancers a sort of light infantry formable however um, they slung the radishes for long range, and any man they hit could not hold out a moment, but died, and his wound was malodorous. Mm. <laughs> Instant gangrene. Malodorous. <laughs> yes. From a, from a radish. Radish. Flung, a radish. Sun radish. Yeah, These are sun, sun radishes, yeah. presumably. Sun radish flung mm-hmm. from... Yeah. Great. Yep. So uh, they were said to anoint their missiles with mallow poison. Beside them were posted the stock mushrooms, heavy infantry employed at close quarters, 10,000 in number. They had the names, the name stock mushrooms because they used mushrooms for shields and stocks of asparagus for spears. (laughs) Oh, perfect. Yes. It's completely self-evident. Charming. Right. (laughs) Somebody needs to make a movie out of this. Yeah. Yeah. Near them. Claymation would be I was just going to fucking say claymation. You beat me to it. Fuck. Well, that settles it. We're making a claim. I was going to say, coming soon. Uh Coming soon. Uh Um, uh, So near them stood the puppy corns who were (laughs) sent him by the inhabitants of the dog star. 5,000 dog faced men who fight on the back of winged acorns. Winged acorns. 
But I like the first non-sentient mount. Yeah, like yes. or in our world, right? Perhaps their yeah. acorns are sentient. Maybe they are. Mm-hmm. Maybe ours are too, and we just don't know because <laughs> they don't have wings. Oh, shit! Right. That's an oversight. Mm-hmm. Big oversight. Big problem there. You're just gonna roll somewhere. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Get with it. So I, it's, I'm tempted to keep reading or to skip, but I, well, let me read a little more because there's, there's okay. a little. We've only been going for an hour, so right. we still have okay. plenty more time. <laughs> plenty more time, right. Um, Are, do you think we're even halfway through this story? Oh, no, we're not. We're not. This yeah. is the, this is <laughs> the. This is just the intro. Yeah, this is the, well, oh, wow. we're like a third, a third of the way, I think. My, my, my. Um, so. Uh, it was said that there were tardy allies in Th- uh, Phaethon's case, too. The Slingers, who had, who he had summoned from the Milky Way, and the Cloud Centaurs. The latter, to be sure, arrived just after the battle was over. If only they had not. But the Slingers <laughs> did not put. Uh, uh, sorry, but the Slingers did not put in any appearance at all. On account of this, they say Phaethon was furious with them and afterwards ravaged their country with fire. So. Um, uh, Burn it down, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so we already learned that uh, the battle was that the battle was won by the by moon. Endymion by the moon. Yeah, moon mm-hmm. of course of the moon. Um, the you know, thankfully, um, yeah, thankfully. So uh, because our hero was <laughs> thankfully, yeah, right. <laughs> because Lucian was on the winning side, right? Um, <clears throat> which is just by luck, I imagine. So. Well, I mean, they were some of the most talented people. Right. They were the bravest. <laughs> were the bravest. The bravest. Right. Sorry, some of the bravest. So. Um, so this then was the array with which uh, Phaethon came on, joining battle with the flags had been flown. Joining battle when the flags had been flown and the donkeys on both sides had brayed, for they had donkeys for trumpeters. They oh, good. F- they mm. fought. So the battle starts um, at the at the at the waving of flags and the braying of donkeys. The battle starts. Um, the left wing of the Sunanites fled at once without even receiving the charge of the venture horse, or sorry, of the vulture horse. Mm, mm-hmm. And we pursued cutting them down, but their right wing got, got the better of the left on our side and the sky mosquitoes advanced in pursuit right up to the infantry. Then when the infantry came to the rescue, they broke and fled, especially as they saw that the forces on their left had been defeated. It was a glorious victory in which many were taken alive and many were slain. So much blood flowed on the clouds that they were dyed and looked red as they do in our country when the sun is setting. And so much also dripped down on the earth that I wonder whether something of the sort did not take place in the sky long ago when Homer supposed that Zeus had sent a rain of blood on account of the death of Sarpedon. I love how he's just like mm-hmm. usurps somebody else's yeah. legend. Yeah. He's like, he's right? Like, what leader of the charlatans? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. See, I can do that too. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I also am imagining like, did he have to draw this battle out so he could keep it straight as he's describing <laughs> the sky mosquitoes advancing? I was like, wait, were they on the left or the right? And now I don't know. And oh god, I better have a map. And then I want to see his map of yeah, his like little workbook. Yeah, his little sketchbook, sky battle mm-hmm. sketchbook. Sky so- battle sketchbook playbook playbook so with the foreshadowing of the uh the cloud centaurs let's read Uh on a little bit more um because he'd mentioned them before having shown up too late Uh, so after to help the sun right they were supposed to originally come to help on the side of the sun yeah right um so he says when we had returned from the pursuit of the i forget who they were 
pursuing. They slaughtered them. The the sky mosquitoes. The sky mosquitoes. Yeah. Um. When we or no, it was the no the ones who ran. Yeah. Ant See, I'm lost things. already. Yeah. <laughs> I need anyway, a map. Oh, oh, good. They they pursued some people. So when after we returned from the pursuit, we set up two trophies: one on the spiders' webs for the infantry battle, and the other for the sky battle on the clouds. We Great. were just doing this when the scouts reported that the cloud centaurs, who should have come to Phaethon's aid before the battle, were advancing on us. Before we knew it, they were coming on in plain sight. A most unparalleled spectacle being a combination of winged horses and men. In size, the men were as large as the Colossus of Rhodes from the waist up, and the horses were as large as the Great Merchant Man, which is a ship, They've mentioned, a kind of Oh, ship. okay. Ah. I was thinking, yep. They mentioned the Great Merchant Man earlier, and then you said logs, so I was like, I'm guessing that's not a person. I think, gotcha. um, I don't, I, I imagine that there's a, like, there's an actual historical scale for this, but I think you could think of, like, old tall ships, kind of, sure, but maybe a little fine. bit smaller. I don't think they were building tall ships at that time. Um, but like wooden wooden sailing yeah. vessels. Um, so uh, let's get a tall ship. Let's get a tall ship. <laughs> um, you know, you really need to go to Duluth. The thing <laughs> you gotta go to Duluth. <laughs> um, you really do. Uh, that was such a funny trip when I I was like on the plane and the, <laughs> both of those people like accosted me when I was flying into <laughs> Minneapolis and they're like, you need to go to Duluth. <laughs> and it was like yeah. I'm going to Minneapolis to like visit friends, and they're like okay, but you really need really? to go to the like it just became this thing. Um, <laughs> so weird and so Minnesotan. Too. <laughs> like I don't know you, but I'm not letting you go until I've convinced until you of this thing that you're not planning like, on it doing. It really now. felt like I needed to like. I think at one point I was like, yeah, I'm definitely going to try and get out there and see it. Like I needed <laughs> yeah. to, like without my you agreement, to, yeah. like tacit agreement, there was no ending that conversation. You um, had to give them what they wanted. I mean, they yeah. do have tall ships in Duluth. I know. <laughs> I know. Tall ships. Uh, well, if you if we had fifty if we had fifty men as Lucian did, tall ships mm-hmm. would be manageable. Um, no problem. Okay. Or just so, one really big ant, maybe. Yeah, just one really big ant. Uh, so uh, so he <laughs> describes these massive, uh, huge cloud centaurs, and. Um, and then he says, uh, which, you know, their horse bodies were as large as great merchantmen. Um, their number, however, I leave unrecorded for fear that some someone may think it incredible. It was so great. <laughs> so I'm not going to tell you because I want you to believe me. Because I don't want you to think it's you, a lie. Yeah, you wouldn't believe me if I told you how big it right. was. Um, I like this. Yeah, it's great. Uh, their leader was the archer from the Zodiac. When they saw that their friends had been <laughs> defeated, they sent word to Phaethon to advance again, and then, on their own account, in regular formation, fell on the disordered Moonanites, who had broken ranks and scattered to pursue and to plunder. They put them mm. all to flight, pursued the king himself to the city, and killed most of his birds. They plucked, <gasps> yeah, they plucked up mm. the trophies and overran the whole plain woven by the spiders. And they captured me with two of my comrades. By this oh my time, God, yeah, like it really, like you're like, oh, of course, it's his own, it's his own story. Of course, he's the hero. Nope, right. total change of luck gets captured by the, you know, by the enemy. Mm-hmm. Um, so by this time, uh, so captured by, uh, so Lucian gets captured with two of his comrades. By this time, Phaethon too was present, and other trophies were being set up by their side. 
As for us, we were taken off to the sun that day, our hands tied behind our backs with a section of spider web. The enemy decided not to lay siege to the city, but on their way back, they built a wall through the air so that the rays of the sun should no longer reach the moon. The wall was double made of cloud so that the genuine eclipse of the moon took place and she was completely enshrouded in unbroken night. <gasps> Dang. Don't what cross a, the moon, what the a, sun guy. What a turn of fate. Yeah. Right? Um, so uh, now I'm going to like paraphrase a little bit so we can like reach some some better understanding and I, I don't think we need to like finish the whole story it's it is long and we've only really kind of reached this pinnacle but there is the other section I want to get to so um, essentially what happens is Endymion's like oh shit this sucks so he basically begs the the Sunanites to pull down the construction um, and not let them leave their lead their lives in darkness um, and then he promises to pay tribute to the Sunanites um, and to not make war again um, and the Sunanites kind of set up some conditions and uh, various like treaty things happen and, and so on. Um, so meanwhile, uh, our, our hero, our intrepid adventurer, Lucian, um, <laughs> finds his way back uh, to the moon where he lives. Um, and he talks about the strange and wonderful things that he observed living on the moon. Mm-hmm. And oh, he goes to live on the moon? or Yeah. Yeah. Oh, like okay. he basically peace was, you know, peace was. Uh, brokered between the this um, faith on the Sun King and uh, Endymion the Moon King, and they and then you know they, they signed formed a, treaty. a relationship, and we had Yahweh, um, Yahweh, Yahweh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah so um, and so like basically after the peace treaty was signed and the prisoners were restored, uh, he goes on to say when we reached the moon, and this is where the um, what did you call it? Men, what is the a men a men story? Something about oh men. meninist, as meninist, in like yes. the opposite of feminist. Yeah, right, this is right. here's where the meninist sort of part. Uh-huh. Texts. I I struggle a little bit to think of this as meninist, just because it it feels very, um, it feels like classic sci-fi. Like if you read a lot of um, oh, what's his name? Like he wrote uh, Starship Troopers, but also, um, just that classic. I'm going to have to look him up really quick. So, um, the, the way, oh, Robert Heinlein. So if you read like Robert Heinlein shit, it's like, yeah, Stranger in a Strange Land. Yeah. Stranger Strange. It's like very man centric, like kind of garbage mm-hmm. when you really get down to it. Um, uh-huh. oh no, did I lose my, no, there we go. Um, yeah, it's very like, you know, when you start to think about it, it's like, oh, this is like a very male centric view from like the 1950s. So like this feels more like that than like real like like I wouldn't think of this as like a meninist treaty. Like it's like, here's how men should be. But I, you know, mm-hmm. maybe not. I don't know. Like as a middle aged white man, I don't have a lot to like, you know, let me expound on why this mm-hmm. is. <laughs> let me defend this bullshit. Sorry. Right. <laughs> Dude, say what you will about it. Probably true. I'm not one to comment. Anyway, let me just read the words that are written, and I think you'll find this absurd. So, okay. um, so the peace is is brokered. The uh, and so then he says, so when we reached the moon, so Lucian is being returned to the moon. So when we reached the moon, we were met and tearfully welcomed by our comrades and by Endymion himself. He wanted me to stay with him and join the colony, promising to give me his own son in marriage. There were no women in their country, but I was not to be persuaded. 
I asked him to let me go down to the sea. When he perceived that he could not prevail on me, he let us go after entertaining us for seven days. Ah. So... In the So then he goes on to say, in the interval while I was living on the moon, I observed some strange and wonderful things that I wish to speak of. Mm-hmm. In the first place, there is the fact that they are born, sorry, that they are not born of women, but of men. They yes. marry men and do not even know the word woman at all. Exclamation point. I mean, that's the hmm. interpretation. Um, <laughs> they don't even know it at all. Right. Up to the age of 25, each is a wife and thereafter a husband. They carry their children in their calf of their leg instead of the belly. When conception takes place, the calf begins to swell. In course of time, they cut it open and deliver the child dead, and then they bring it to life by putting it in the wind with its mouth open. It we seems totally have a picture, like an artistic rendering of this that we pulled up. Pretty great. And we hadn't heard this yet. So oh, really? out of context, yeah. We weren't really sure what was going on in this picture, but now we know. Plus the baby's faces. Oh, the baby I, looks right. very cranky. Can I see this picture? I need it. Yes, I will hold it up to you and you can describe it to people. Or we could send the link. Oh, yeah. Picture. So it is like I what is going on there? Oh, it's like a foot and a leg and a calf with a little baby being pulled out yes, of it. Yeah, and the baby looks very grumpy. Yes, yes, yes. but a cute grumpy because it's well, a baby. Look at his little grumpy now, face. Now you know it's a dead baby. They come right. out dead. So it's not just that's grumpy, why he looks dead. grumpy. Right. Yeah, because he's yep. dead. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, d- they grow they grow dead babies in their in their calves, calves. instead of uh-huh. the belly. Yep. yep. Um, Sorry, the belly. This picture of the shows leg. it right here. Mm-hmm. We're looking yep. right at it. It's a fact. Yeah. This is the um, moon people, right? Yeah. That have no women yeah. <laughs> and grow dead babies in their legs. Then they put them in the wind. Got it. Yeah. And then they come to, they bring them to life by putting them in the wind with their mouth open. Mm-hmm. Um, it oh, seems so. Okay. Lucian goes on to say, uh, like a wind sock. Like a wind sock. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Baby wins. Yeah. <laughs> feet flopping. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, all right. So it seems to me the term belly of the leg came to us Greeks from there, since the leg performs the function of a belly with them. Perfect. Mm. Yeah. So I'd he's like, hey, this is where it came from. Yep. Yep. Um, yep. But I will tell you something else, still more wonderful. They have a kind of How men. Can it be? I know, right? They have a kind of men whom they call the Aboreals, who are brought into the world as follows. Accepting uh, a man's right genital gland, they plant it in the ground. From it oh. grows a very large tree of flesh resembling the emblem of Priapus. Uh-huh. So a, a giant dick. Yeah, Is the it a emblem- testicle that grows so a they, giant a penis? Ch- a testicle that jo- grows a giant a giant penis. Yeah. What? King King Dicklandia. King Dicklandia. I nailed that shit. Then yes. Well, King Dicklandia is here on the terrestrial plane, right? but up in the sky. It's they have Emperor Dickopolis. Emperor Dickopolis. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay, um, so they they cut your ball out and then they plant your ball in the ground and then just one. You giant the other one. Dick one. grows yep. out of the mm-hmm. ball. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, check. I'm with you so forest. far. Yep. Dick ball yep. forest. Dick ball forest. Uh and so this this fleshy tree check. resembles Priapus. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Or the emblem of Priapus uh-huh. or giant dick. It has yeah. branches and leaves and its fruits it fruits acorns as as a cute so sorry. And it fruits just fucking read. Okay. And its fruit <laughs> words language. Here we go. Okay. And its fruit is acorns a cubit thick. 
when oh, these cubit being another unit of measure. Yeah. Yeah. Let's look that up because we yeah, should what definitely. Yeah. What is cubit? Cubit so is. Uh, it's an ancient me measure of length. Uh, it's about eighteen inches. Inches. Okay. All right. So. Um, all right. So these dick trees with acorns about <laughs> eighteen inches thick. Mm -hmm. um, so when these ripen, they harvest them and shell out the men. <laughs> Oh, so, okay. so in this fantasy land of men, you can marry a wife who is another man who you can impregnate, I guess, who then births your child from their calf. Or uh -huh. you can just plant one of your balls in the ground <laughs> and grow a tree that just grows lots of men. But these are special <laughs> men. Aren't we going to find out more about these special acorn men? Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, okay. Um, so... Uh, when these ripen, they harvest and shell out the men. Uh, that's it. They don't. Uh, oh. oh, so then he says, um, oh, another thing. They have artificial parts that are sometimes of ivory and sometimes with the pore of wood and make use of them in their intercourse. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. So if you're if you're rich, you can get the ivory dildos, and if you're not, you get the wooden. No, ones. I was actually assuming they were like flashlights, like the oh ivory yeah, flashlight. fantastic, oh. yes. Or if you're poor, you get a, <laughs> a piece of wood. <laughs> if you're, oh no! If you're lucky, did, it's got a knot that you can poke a hole in. I did oh. once go to this uh, outdoor art event that. People camp and it's in the desert, so things are dusty, and there's a lot of people there. And I, I did just wandering around one time find a, a a sign with a post, and it said "community flashlight," and like yes! hanging from it was this yes! flashlight. It was very dusty. <laughs> yes! I just like the idea of a community community. <laughs> so maybe instead of you know each poor person getting their own wooden flashlight, they could. Get a community. Get a community ivory. Ivory, one. yeah. <laughs> flashlight. Um, I mean, I'm just saying. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so when a man grows old, he dies. He does not die, but is dissolved like smoke and turns into air. Oh, fun! They all eat the gotcha. same food. They light a fire and cook frogs on the coals. They have quantities of frogs that fly about in the air, and while they are cooked, they sit about them as if at a table snuff up the rising smoke and gorge themselves. This is the food that they eat and their drink is air, which is squeezed into a cup and yields a liquid like dew. They are not subject to calls of nature, which in fact they have no means of answering. Another Wait, are these the men or the frogs? These are the men. Okay. <laughs> yeah. um, another important function too is not provided for as one would expect, but in the, f in the hollow of the knee. A man is thought Wait, hmm. what? This is how they go to the bathroom. They don't. Oh, maybe then they do have dildos because they don't have penises. I don't. Because mm. mm. it says they, it's not provided for how they go to the bathroom. Call of nature. Right. Right. Having a hard time interpreting. And this. then something about their knee. They pee from their knee. I'm this sorry, is I interrupted where, you. No, no, it's okay. I mean, this is where being able to read the original Greek would be fantastic. Like, because yeah. you would be able to really be like, at least we know this is what's being said for sure. Um, We'd be really sure about how they pee from their knees. Right. Okay. Right. Um, well, so, but they don't, okay, so they don't, all it says is that the the men of this country 
They are not subject to calls of nature, which in fact they have no means of answering. Another important function, too, is not provided for as one would expect, but in the hollow of the knee. Um, I don't know what that function is. I, I can't imagine what. No, I, I think that's still talking about pooping and going, peeing, like peeing being the other function. If a call no, to nature no, no, no. I, I think going call to nature is the other function. The first function is having sex. Oh, gotcha. Or in reproduction. Hmm. I I think call of nature is, and yes, here's another call of function or a natural function that they don't have that hasn't been provided for for them is how I interpret that sentence. Okay. Well, it's they have no way to go to the bathroom. So there's the first sentence which says they are not subject to calls of nature, which in fact they have no means of answering. Period. Hmm. Yep. Second sentence. Yeah. Another important function too is not provided for as one would expect, but in the hollow of the knee. So I interpret that to that second sentence being like, and here's, this is just another thing that they, oh, that wasn't right. provided for. Mm. Okay. 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 Um, I got you. Okay. Um, and then he goes on to say, a man is thought beautiful in that country if he is bald and hairless and they quite detest long haired people. It is different on the comets where they think long haired people beautiful. They, they were there were visitors in the moon who told us about them good to know ah. An, another point they have beards that grow a little above the knee and they have no toenails but are all single toed <laughs> i'm sorry why why uh-huh. beard knee beards knee beards beards no beards that go to the knee to the knee. Oh, I thought the knee, the beard was growing a little above the knee. No, well, <laughs> like. Good question, but I envision that it's to the knee. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I, I do appreciate your alternate interpretation of that, which is very valid <laughs> based on the language I'm reading. Right. Um, right. It's <laughs> the whole translation thing again. Yep. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but also the single toes with no toenail. Um, Good. So, yep. And That's then just weird. Goes on to say, Lucian goes on Toe to say, over each man's rump grows a long cabbage leaf like a tail, which is always green and does not break <laughs> if he falls on his back. Great. That's convenient <laughs> as hell. So, I mean, I like the whole one of the reasons that I, I re- want to refrain from just like plowing through the whole story is just every sentence is like this. Like everything yeah. about this is just fantastic and i don't even think we need to like wrap up but eventually i we should wrap up the podcast like fairly soon um i feel like i've covered the bulk of like the interesting things about this story it's um, pretty great you've at least it is covered really the, great i mean i you told me about it before matter. but i want to read it now more than ever yeah yeah definitely yeah i mean we've we haven't even covered the section where they get eaten by a 200 foot wet or 200 mile long right the, the blowhole smoking 200 furlong no they go up in the air many furlongs now i need to look yeah 200 mile whale yes a 200 mile long whale yep Uh uh-huh 320 kilometers to be great (laughs) for you for you non non ridiculous unit measures people think wait how long how many kilometers 6.62 2.2 kilometers in a mile yeah oh that's pounds and kilograms i'm thinking yeah 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 um so wait, then it would be four hundred and forty miles. No, 
320 kilometers. So 200, a mile is longer than a kilometer. It's 200 miles. Yeah, it's 200 miles long or 320 kilometers. You're right. It's 2.2 uh, kilograms in a pound. So you're right. A kilometer is less than. Yeah. Yeah. 4.8 then maybe? There you go. My mind, I'm remembering 2.2 and 1.48. So I don't know. I could be wrong on both of them. I wonder, is there a thing that could tell us? If there was a machine that could give us all the answers. 28.35 grams in an ounce. 1.609 kilometers to a mile. So 1.6. Roughly. There you go. Um, Or 1.61 to be, if we're going to actually round to two. Yeah. 1.61 times Uh, 200. So... Um. So that it's is three hundred and twenty-two like, miles. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> we got there. It's kilometers, you mean three hundred twenty? Three hundred twenty-two kilometers in yep. two hundred miles. Yes. Sorry. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Thank you. We did it. Moving um, on. <laughs> yeah. So you know we haven't even you know there's still you could read the whole story about the whale portion of it. Um. Eventually, uh, Lucian returns home in order to write and tell this tale. So that's mm-hmm. right, and um, sir, clearly survives. No, no spoiler there because you we read right. the introduction and you understand. And he did he, not take a wife on the moon. Was that correct? So he that's correct. Yeah, he okay. refused and came back to Earth. So, um, one could argue that he's not a Mennonist. Mm-hmm. He just observed sure. a Mennonist society that he observed. Mm-hmm. He didn't, you know, that's what was there, and it's a true story. So. Right, I'm just saying. Right. I'm just, okay. saying. just saying. Just, saying. <laughs> just asking some questions. Just telling you what I saw. I can't, yeah. you can't hold me accountable for my lies. They're lies. They're lies. They're lies. Yep. I told you I was lying. I told this you they like, were lies. It's like L. Ron Hubbard in Dianetics. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. God. And everybody's like, no. but it's a religion. And he's like, no, uh, it's not like that. Because at no point does Lucian, as far as I know, like he's like, I'm going to tell you this as if it's true, but it's not. Right. Okay, ready? But I want to be really Go. clear it's not. Yeah. Also, don't give me your money. I don't know. Right. I mean, it wasn't. Don't sell yeah. all your belongings and give it to the church. <laughs> Dianetics. That'd be a good podcast at some point. Um, all right. Well, thank you both for going on this fantastical journey with on me. This <laughs> journey with on you. this journey with you. On this meninist journey for journey. me. Thank you for um, taking us uh, on the meninist journey into one of the writers of your people the writers of my people (laughs) (laughs) thank you for sharing this piece of cultural uh uh, significance yeah for your people this is super good with the cabbage butts (laughs) and And the and the single toe no No toenails one one toe toe, though but also not just getting rid of toenails but then getting rid of all the rest of the toes Mm -hmm. this is like another weird sex thing (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, the poor people have to use wood. You just, that right. sounds like more than just sex. I'm just not. It's This is like one of those things when somebody says something to you and you're like, I'm sorry, what do you think that means? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, I feel like what we could have done is we all could have re- read it on our own and written crib notes and then uh, come back and uh, see what yeah. they, to, back to my point about even well. in, in the same language, we have different, no, 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 I interpreted this to mean that they pee from their knee. Right. Oh, no, no, I interpreted this to mean, I don't know, they eat from their knee. Right. Right. No, no. I interpreted this to mean that the sun and the moon were in a in a romantic relationship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's some hanky panky. There's some there's some 
calf swelling going on. <laughs> the weird picture. That is <laughs> Touching <laughs> each other's cabbage leaves. Yeah, touch my cabbage leaf. It won't fall if I, it won't break if I fall down. R- they're burying You can spank other. me as hard as you want on my cabbage leaf and it's not going to break. <laughs> hey there. Where to, how to handsome stranger like you wind up on the dark side of the moon. You want to go plant some testicles together. <laughs> Let's go ride an acorn. Let's go ride an acorn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, delightful. Oh. Thank you. That was, uh, if if that was it good. weren't so late, I would like faux throw a fit about you guys mocking the writing of my people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I'll just have to settle for uh, telling you about a joke I had in my mind. Um, <laughs> there are so there there's another story i can't find it right now because it is kind of i'm not focused very well on computer uh-huh. anymore but yeah. um i did start reading there's another story he wrote that's much shorter that lauren if you did want to maybe like at some point explore that concept of like us reading something and then coming together and talking about trying interpretations. to all, yeah. yeah i do like that and not <clears throat> that i would say not not that we have to read lucian um, there, that actually. That I'll read more Lucian anytime. I, yeah. Great. yeah, I love Lucian. I, according to this, your people make great art. I'm <laughs> on board. Great art. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so Soul. that's that's a Man true art. Bring it on. Tr- true story, bro. True story. True story. <laughs> true story. Uh, well, this yeah. was a good one. This is yeah. This is great. Thanks. Yeah. Why isn't this a bigger deal? Um. I, I don't know. It just Why feels... do people have to read the Odyssey and not this? Right. I think it, it feels more like I feel like it really touches on the absurdity of like all of that other shit. Yes, and where right. it's like, no, this isn't what people were believing. Like at least one person didn't buy a word of it. <laughs> right. Exactly. Did they really think there was a calf with golden fleece and a person with snakes for hair who right. if they looked at you would turn you to stone? Like, right. like one person was like, yeah. You lost your damn minds. I mean, let me tell you a true story. Right. These guys upon a have time. cabbage butts once upon a time. <laughs> they live on the moon. The moon. True story, bro. Cabbage butts. I was there. I was, I was there. there. Right. I was one of the brave ones. Mm-hmm. I was one of the brave was, ones. Yeah. Yeah. You yep. think your weird sex sex fantasies are weird. Let me tell you <laughs> tell a thing, you. bro. Right. <laughs> yep. Moon wives. Yeah. Moon wives. I love he's who just like men. this Moon Man wives. Yeah, yeah we got more M's I love it. people who occupy the position of just like crashing into something that's sacred and being like, Yeah, I can do that too. Shut up. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> you're not special i can make a religion too <laughs> you're just gatekeeping right yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> oh, super funny yeah this i mean the great. way the way he like points it out he's like i'm gonna get into this like you're not gonna keep me out i'm gonna get my piece of the like um the piece of posterity yes the literary what did i'm he call not it? to be excluded yeah sorry um <laughs> Not to be one excluded from the privileges of poetic license. Poetic license. <laughs> I too am going to write some bullshit. Yeah. And yeah. you just, yeah. fuckers Here, are going to read my it. Yeah. Spiced wine. Oh, hold my spiced wine. I still didn't yes. look up what it was hold called. Hold my spiced wine. <laughs> hold my garum. No. <laughs> I'm looking at what kind of wine did ancient Greece 
What kind of wine? Ancient Greece. That's what I'm going to put in. Mm-hmm. That Ooh, seems not good. wince wine. Uh, yeah, people used to drink booze all the time because you couldn't drink water because it was like contaminated. Yep. Mm, I mean, that wasn't always the case. Is my, but like all of the people who built like the fucking Sistine Chapel and shit, they gave them wine because it kills off parasites and stuff. Sure, sure. I mean, I think also yes. Um, what kind of wine? Wine in ancient Greece. I don't know. Bated breath now. Mm. Oh, here. Greek wine. Greek wine. Wait, I just saw it. I was looking it up on Wiki. Culture. Um, culture. The most expensive wine in the 4th century BC was sold in the local Agora in Athens from Chios or Chios. It might be Chios, which sold for between a quarter of a drachma and two drachma for a coas worth. About three liters or the equivalent of four standard seven. A box of wine. Mm-hmm. A box of wa- a Franzia. <laughs> nice. <laughs> For one so they, Franzia. So one they drank, Franzia. So they drank Franzia. They drank boxes of Franzia. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> Basically. Um, they would extol the virtues of certain wines and review less favorably those did not that were not up to their standards. The ones most frequently cited as being of good quality were from... Calcidike, Ismaros, Chios, Kos, Lesbos, Mende, Naxos, Paparathos, present day Scopolos, and Tassos. I think is how you pronounce them. Something like that. Anyway, that's from Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. Ancient Greece and wine entry. There we go. So they drank a bunch of wine. My favorite wine is from Georgia. Is it? Yeah. Oh, that's good to know. Yeah, it's made from uh, Georgia in Europe or Georgia in U.S. Georgia in in Eastern Eastern in Europe. Eastern Europe. Okay, that's what former I Soviet Union country. That's what I thought, but you know, I just wanted to check. Yeah, they they make this like wine in these big things called vevries and they're these like massive pots these terracotta pots that you plant underground and then you like climb huh. down into them to like mash up the grapes and then you like ferment all the wine in there and then you like bring it back out and then you pour it out into these little bowls and then you drink it out of the bowls and the bowls are made out of terracotta too and so they like absorb hmm. the different like uh, yeah. wine flavors over time and so the wine that you pour into the bowl comes out tasting a little bit different and mm-hmm. it's really good ned and i had some yes we, we did. had really? some in the at the punch down in oakland that's right yep that was, that was one of the redeeming moments of that fucking that, trip yes mm-hmm interesting that was a good afternoon and they they make they give you bone marrow there too oh I they do, do like. yeah that was mm-hmm. quite good yeah you can order bone marrow and wine mm-hmm. and yeah. the wine is great and it comes out orange the wine is orange and they well there's a bunch of different colors and but they don't bullshit wow. you no i mean unless you like funky wine unless, unless you, you like funky, funky wine, wine. i mean I, oh, I don't know that i don't want to go funky. to that place yeah. i've heard of that place i don't want to go there <laughs> <laughs> there i mean that place was actually great. great it was just ridiculous it was, that interaction that was the only time i've had a bad experience there and i was like what kind of gotcha. fucking twilight zone it was also a good experience because then i think later either the owner or one of the managers came out and hung out with us and like brought us some more food and like yeah like it sure. was great and terrible like 
like both sure, of yeah. like yeah. yeah they like More ended up giving us true. all this food that wasn't for us i mean i it may be that it was somebody else's terrible that sure. became our positive at that point because we ended up with a bunch of other people's food right. <laughs> that they were no, supposed to get i if i remember correctly i feel like they were pretty conscious of being like oh we like you and they came over and talked to us and they're like well this isn't whoever ordered this like fucked off and so we if gotcha. you want it you should have it because oh, i remember okay. that i remember her talking about it yes i like, do too now that you mention it yeah like i remember her being like you know we have this and if you guys like it we'd, i'd love you to try it so um, they gave us extra wine too i was like yeah, i wasn't no, was planning on drinking this much i, I <laughs> almost <laughs> wonder if she'd observed the ridiculousness of that employee and ridiculous like interaction <laughs> like two people in a row like you and our other friend and yes. then anyway this is a whole story that i was gonna I, say this seems like something that's more entertaining to us than yeah I, I i feel like at this point we should um we should either sign off or uh yeah we should is there anything you guys want to like do for the end of this oh i'm just this gonna say reading? hi buster hi buster yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh buddy okay good well, thanks boy everybody for listening yeah have a good thanks. day Bye. Oh, don't forget to email us oh. if you want to. Uh, you yeah. can email Dana, the CEO and founder, D A N A at FCBM.io. You could also tell us your favorite wine. Yeah. That seems topical. Tell us yeah, your favorite wine. Other Meninist artist. Oh, yeah. Meninist artist. Meninist artist. Yes. Send us, a, send us an original piece of art of a <laughs> man giving birth out of his calf <laughs> to a dead baby. Yes, to a dead baby. The you know, men shaking the wind until it comes alive. Mm, right. Yeah, yep, yep. Right. All right. All right. On that note, good on night. On that note, good night. <laughs> good day to you. <laughs> I said good day. <laughs>